What it do, all my crew? It's Alyssa, and I'm here to celebrate all of our dirt so that we can embrace our destiny. With a lifetime of filtering everything through religion, I'm here to share my confessions, talk about the dirt, and give you the tools that you need to move forward. So for the love of coffee, let's chat. This is your unfiltered podcast. Hey friends, it's Alyssa and we are here in the production room. It's a little bit of a different scenery because you don't only hear me, but you see me. And if you don't see me, then go check out my YouTube channel, Alyssa Holt. You can watch my recording of me doing this podcast right there on video. And I'm really excited today because we're doing something a little different. It's not just me talking to you, but it is me talking to a really sweet friend of mine who has gone through a year-long journey through breast cancer with me. And it's so exciting for me to have her on to talk about her diagnosis and testimony. If you don't know who I am, if you haven't been around, you haven't a clue, maybe somebody sent you this podcast, maybe they sent you this video. My name's Alyssa Holt. I'm an author and I'm a speaker, worship leader, songwriter, all of the things, mommy and wifey, and really just here to talk unfiltered with you about life. We're cutting all the fluff out, all of the religion out, and we are talking about life from a way that you can connect, from a way that encourages you to know that you are not alone. You had destiny written in your dirt right here before you ever had a chance to be clean, and that's what I do. I provide a safe place to talk about the stuff. You can go check out my book, Unfiltered, on Amazon and Kindle. All of it's in the description box linked to this podcast and also go check out my social medias because I go live over there and do these unfiltered chats with you to where I can talk to you one-on-one. But today, I'm not going to take too long with all of this intro stuff. I want to get my sweet friend Summer in here with me in just a second just to kind of put this out there. It's so crazy how God works. You know, I was diagnosed with breast cancer in October of last year. And so on Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and um, here we are a year later, and I have my cancer-free report. We have gone through the hard stuff, and now I'm really starting to learn how to do life again after cancer, you know, embracing a new woman, a woman that I didn't know pre-cancer or during cancer, but this new woman that I have become. And Summer just so happened to be a part of the journey with me. It was really crazy because we actually connected through social media and I had no clue that she was the worship pastor for my husband's uncle in Illinois. And so funny because we were texting. She reached out to me. She knew that I was going through this diagnosis. She was diagnosed a little bit before me, I believe. I'm fixing to have her on and she'll tell you all of that. But ended up, I was talking to her, texting her, and had no clue that she was connected through family. And later on, my husband was like, hey, I think that's the worship leader for my Uncle Ken's church. So it's so cool how God puts the right people in your path at the right time. And so I want to bring her on right now. Summer, can you hear me? I can hear you. Yay. I'm so excited you're here with me on the podcast today. I am too. Thank you so much for having me. It is a an honor and 
I am so excited to get unfiltered with you today. Absolutely. Hey, I want you to kind of tell everybody a little bit about yourself, a little bit about who you are beyond cancer. I love it because um, when I went through one of the hardest seasons of my life before cancer, it was divorce. And I really connected with Wonder Woman. And one of the coolest things that I saw with your journey through cancer was the Wonder Woman connection. And uh, so I want you to just kind of tell us a little bit about who you are overall. And um, I just want to let everybody know you truly are a Wonder Woman. I'm so excited that we are connected in life. God is just so good at placing the right people in your path. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So my name is Summer. I am from the Chicagoland area. I have been born, raised here my whole life. And yes, I do attend a local church that I actually went to when I was a child, when I was a baby. And it is funny because the pastor there just happens to be um, your uncle. Mm -hmm. And I have uh, been serving under him, I want to say probably about five years and I've been the worship leader for about four years there. So um, a little bit about me. I am married to the most wonderful man, David, and we've been married for six years this year. And we have two adorable babies um, that are kitty cats. (laughs) Um, That's another story for another time. (laughs) And they are the loves of my life. Um, I work within the community. Um, my job is a music therapist. So I like that. I also have a platform to kind of promote, um, myself and the profession and the world of music therapy. I get to work with mental health and chemical dependency. I've worked in the past with hospice. I've worked with Alzheimer's dementia. I've worked with children. And I love the opportunity to use music, which runs through my, my veins, but also help people at the same time. So I'm an only child. People think I'm spoiled, but I don't know. And my mom and dad, they live very close by. They are my best friends. So I enjoy doing pretty much anything with them. We all ride motorcycles. So motorcycles are a huge part of our life. Um, my parents are part of the Christian Motorcyclist Association, otherwise known as the CMA. And so they're really involved um, with that and ministering to people all around um, pretty much the United States. And I love the motto. It's um, changing people one heart at a time. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of taken that personally because I had to realize that when I got diagnosed, I was like, okay, God, I don't like this, but allow me to be the light to those other people and and change others' hearts. So um, anything else you want to know? I'm kind of blanking now. (laughs) That is, all of that is an amazing, amazing info. I love it all. And I love that you not only do worship leading, but you use music to help others um, in a different side of ministry, outside of the church. I love that so much. That's so cool. Um, I want you to tell us a little bit about your diagnosis. It's breast cancer awareness month. Um, I don't know how you feel 
about that? How do you feel about it? I, I mean, this is a question I wasn't going to ask, but I've struggled a little bit this month with the whole breast cancer awareness and pink everywhere and talking about it all the time, all the commercials, all of the radio shows. Um, how are you dealing with this month with the breast cancer awareness stuff? Yes. Um, so you cut out there a little bit, but um, I have, I guess you could say, mixed thoughts about Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Um, there are certain details that I am not going to talk about because those are things that we've kind of talked in private and mm-hmm. um, I probably would rather not, you know, say personal thoughts. But um, overall, when it comes to Breast Cancer Awareness Month, I see so many things out there that I don't like. Mm-hmm. So one of the big things is save the boobies, save the tatas and um, mm-hmm. be, you know, it's all about pink and, and all this pink, pink, pink. And I just, I feel like there is a very dark side to breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And it's a side that, doesn't get promoted like it should. Mm -hmm. Yes, we do need to have advocacy. Yes, we do need to get the word out about Breast Cancer Awareness Month. But I don't like the way, I guess, the world has gone about it. Mm -hmm. I think it needs to be more raw and open and figuring out how to have, I guess, better ways to diagnose and know um, the signs Um, I do know when I was initially diagnosed, I had no idea I was showing signs that I didn't even realize were signs. Yeah. And I thought, I wonder why I didn't know that. And so it was different things kind of like that, Mm -hmm. but you are correct. I was diagnosed with breast cancer September of 2020. So it was a month before you. Okay. And it was just a start of a crazy, scary, unnerving journey. Um, So in August, I remember it was August 18th. I remember I was lying in my bed and my mom had taught me from a young age to always check my breasts. And so I was just laying there and thought, okay, I'll go ahead and check myself. And I found what was to be a cancerous tumor um, in my breast. And I wasn't alarmed at first because, you know, my doctor had said, don't be alarmed until there's something to worry about. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my next thought when I felt my other breast was to see if there was the same thing, you know, like that symmetricalness Mm -hmm. and there wasn't. And I'm like, that's weird. I happened to go see my doctor that Friday to have my annual physical. And it was just God. He had lined things up in such an amazing way. He um, had just planned those steps ahead. And so I went in. She's like, I feel what you feel. Let's go get it checked out. So I went and got it checked out. And that's when it got scary. Mm -hmm. Because I remember going in to get my mammogram on a Thursday. And I remember getting a phone call from the um, doctor that was like, they saw something they didn't like. And they want to get you in immediately on Monday. And my heart sank because I'm like, oh my goodness. 
And so I went in on Monday and I got to see my breast health doctor and she said, Summer, I've done this a long time. We don't have the biopsy back, but I think I know what it is. It, you have the signs. It all adds up. Mm-hmm. So I remember, I remember laying in that room Hmm. And I remember just crying as she did the biopsy on my breast to get the tissue from the tumor. And it was just one of those thoughts of like, is this really happening? I was 32 years old. I was so young. My husband and I were just at that stage of going and seeing if we could um, figure out why we hadn't gotten pregnant. We had been trying for a year and a half and were unsuccessful in getting pregnant. But now looking back, I do see that God had a reason for me not being pregnant. And I think that was connected to having the breast cancer. But that was a hard thing to face of, you know, you're excited to figure out what's going on and, and try to bring life into the world with your best friend and then you have to have devastating news that, sorry, you have a different journey. You have to fight right now. Mm -hmm. So I was diagnosed with stage three in ductal, invasive ductal carcinoma, and it had spread into lymph nodes. It was very scary because when I had spoken to my radiation oncologist, she stated to me, as I asked her, I said, if I hadn't gone into the doctor, because, you know, we're in the middle of COVID, so I could easily have just waited and she said and this is january she said you could have been a stage three uh stage four Mm. i was like oh my goodness so from the time i had found the lump to the time i had my first chemo was exactly five weeks Mm. and that was the beginning process of my treatment um my last chemo was january 11th I had surgery, uh, I had a left-sided lumpectomy, February 9th, and then I started radiation in April, and my last radiation was May 19th. So since then, I have been trying to find my way back to my health. Mm-hmm. So I think that about covers it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, I think it's crazy the similarities in our story. Um, I think that's why we connect so well, not only being worship leaders and having the connection through family, but just, I was 31, you were 32, um, diagnosed right around the same time. Um, I had invasive ductal carcinoma, but it was stage one B. Um, and the fact that you know, both of us were trying for babies. I I think Brandon and I had hit our two year mark and we were looking into IVF at the same time when, um, when all of this happened and, oh my goodness, it was like, I'll never forget. Like you said, they push you into treatment so quickly because they want to, they want to hit it so hard, especially when you are young, like we were, you know, they want to get it under control. And so I think it took four weeks, four weeks from being diagnosed. Um, I was diagnosed October 8th and November 9th was my first chemo. So 
in in four weeks, all of the scans, you know, and all of the blood work and and the port surgery. And then here here I was, my surgery from the port wasn't even healed and I was getting chemo, you know. Um but I'll never forget the gut wrenching feeling of when I had my first shot. For those of you who don't know, um breast cancer can be estrogen positive. And for, um, me and I, I believe summer as well, correct? Um, I was estrogen, progesterone positive, HER2 protein negative. So I had the most common Mm -hmm. type of breast cancer. Yes. And I believe it was the most treatable breast Mm -hmm. cancer. So that was a blessing. Yes. And mine was exactly the same as yours as well. Um, and so they give you shots every month to a big old shot. <laughs> We're talking huge. And uh, I don't miss them at all. But um, it shut. say that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You're going to get there one day and I'm going to celebrate with you on your Thank last you. shot. <laughs> but they give you the shot to shut your ovaries down and um, – keep estrogen from running crazy in your body, but also to protect your eggs for me, um, because I still wanted hope of having kids and I won't forget and never, never will forget. It's ingrained in my head. The feeling I could feel my ovaries shutting down after that first shot. Um, it was like stabbing pains in my uterus and right where my uterus, right where my ovaries are. And I was fixing my hair and I just collapsed over the sink and cried my eyes out because we were on such a long journey for two years trying to conceive and now feeling the feeling of all of that is now shutting down so I can fight for my life. It was such a um, traumatic thing for me. Um, and I find it interesting that nobody talks about that part of breast cancer, you know, they don't talk about the, um, the emotional side of it all as much as they do the pink. You, you mentioned it's, it's a lot about pink and, and stuff, but it's not about how to prevent it. And I think pink is connected to, um, fluffy and girly and happy and bubbly and, Breast cancer is none. <laughs> breast cancer is none of those things. It's like you said. It's a very dark place to be. Um, so, I want you to go ahead and share with us a little bit of. Um, well, I'll just start it out like this. When I was at the beach house, for those of you who've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know, I recorded several podcasts at the beach house, but I ended up not doing radiation and um, hormone therapy after my chemo and surgery. I went ahead and opted to do holistic treatment. And I found a holistic facility in Florida where I went called Utopia Wellness. And I was there for six weeks. And Summer called me and we had a talk one afternoon for about four hours where we just like vented about the struggles and we encouraged each other though with other things concerning the journey and just related to each other on so many levels. But there was a conversation we had specifically um, where we both 
shared our profound moments of where we heard God speak to us in the middle of the darkness that is breast cancer (laughs) and heard him specifically tell us that this was not the end of our story. And, um, you know, for me, it was July that God told me I had breast cancer. I had signs and symptoms, but didn't quite, um, well, there was a whole backstory on why they wouldn't give me tests and stuff. I don't know why they didn't push it like they should have. It, it, but we also got diagnosed in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, we had to go through this in the middle of a pandemic. It was crazy. Um, so the doctors just weren't as quick to jump on my situation as they should have. But, um, yeah, so I had, um, bloody discharge from my nipple and that's what made me go, Hmm, what in the world is going on here? I haven't nursed in eight years, so I don't have an infection, you know, what the heck is happening and ended up finding a lump on my own and um, brought that to my doctor. But I remember that was in December of 2019 when, when that happened. And we fought for months until September when they finally started doing doing um, tests. And in July, God spoke to me and told me this is what it would be, that it would be breast cancer, but it was not unto death it was for the glory of God and that he would get the final say. And um, it didn't hit me until, of course, I got the diagnosis, right? And then I'm like, oh, well, crap, this is real. Like what he spoke to me was real. Um, but it was a word that I clung to, you know, this is not unto death. It is It is for the glory of God. It's for testimony. It's for... It's for um, people to see his power is still real. And for me, I went live and I documented it through videos. And that's kind of how I processed it all. Um, And you did similar things as well because I watched yours as well. But I want you to share your side of that profound moment where God spoke to you. And then I kind of want us to talk about how people can hear that voice in the, in the midst of something as devastating as cancer. Mm, yes. So uh, to preface, um, <laughs> when I was diagnosed and then I reached out to you and then you finally reached back out to me, we had been meaning to talk for the whole year and we never did. I know. Kind, we never heard each other on the, on the, phone we never connected we were always just texting each other and so the reason we had a four-hour conversation was because we were trying to wrap up everything we needed to talk about over a year's work yes um, I think one of the best things that God blessed me with with you was our text messages were extremely raw were extremely intimate Mm -hmm. the point where um, for those of you that don't know, Alyssa and I have never met in in real life. No, we have not. But we're um, going to. <laughs> oh, we are. It's girl. It's coming. Yes. But we actually have never met in real life. And it's just crazy, the small connection of how I am connected to your uncle. And, you know, it, it's just 
give me a second. I'm having chemo brain. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But what I was uh, trying to say is we talked about things that you talk about with a very close personal friend. Yeah. I sent you pictures that were not pictures I should send anyone but my husband. Yeah. Because I was trying to show you something because you were determining if you were going to do the radiation. Mm -hmm. And the picture I had sent you, that wasn't even the worst of it. So, and what you saw, I think, probably scared you enough. Yeah. Um, So, (laughs) to preface that, yes, you and I, we just talked about anything and everything. But I was so grateful that I had you through those dark times to text and go, why am I feeling like this? Is this normal? Do you feel like this? And it was just nice to know because, yes, I love my mom and my dad, my best friend, Ashley, and my husband, David. But unless you've gone through it, you just don't know. You yeah. don't know those dark things that are going on in my head. Yeah. So for me, it's just kind of funny because I didn't realize this, but in July – I remember God had spoke to me about something as well. And Mm. he had told me, Summer, I need you to wait. Because we were thinking about my mom and dad are wanting to move out of state. We want to move out of state at some point. And so we were trying to like, you know, is it time? You know, kind of trying to figure those things out. And I prayed and God goes, I need you to hold off. I need you to wait. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And I thought, okay, if, if that's what you want, okay. And then sure enough, September, uh, August, that next month, I found the lump. And then September 2nd, on a Wednesday afternoon at work, I got the phone call that I had breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of like God had just kind of lined all those things up. And I remember telling God, I believe that you can take this away. I believe you can heal me. I believe that... You have that power, but if you're not going to heal me, I was ballsy. I told God, you better make it worth your while. Yep. And I think some people might be fearful to talk to God like that, but I had a reason. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I know in the Bible what the devil plans for bad, God does for good. Mm -hmm. I knew in that moment that. When I had asked God to take it away and he told me he wasn't going to, and he said, I have a reason, mm-hmm. I had lost that. Yeah. And it was scary. It was scary as hell. It was scary. Yeah. yeah. And I just heard God tell me, you know, you know how you ask God, God, will you move this mountain? And God said, no, I am not moving that mountain, mm-hmm. but I am going to hard to see and I am going to walk with you through this journey every step of the way Mm -hmm. and I said okay and I remember in the beginning when I was diagnosed and just figuring things out before I actually started treatment um, David and I had to come to very quick terms with we may never have kids of our own we had to come with very quick decisions at 32 I had to decide if I was okay never having children of my own yeah when I was ready to go talk to a fertility doctor you talk about scary yeah so I had told God I said God if it's not in the cards for us okay 
And then I told my husband and, you know, because my husband's a part of me. He has a say in this. And I asked him and he says, if we never have children, he says, that's fine. I want you. I said, okay. And we've always wanted to foster and adopt. So hopefully, you know, we'll get to that someday. Mm -hmm. But I had to process things quickly. And then I also told God, what if this is the end? What if I am going to die from this? And I had to realize it was not simply my story, but it was his story. And I chose to come to terms with, this isn't my home. My home is with God. And so I had to turn with everything. And I had to say, God, if this is the end, I have peace. And from that moment forward, I had eternal peace regardless of what had happened. But he provided in such a different way that I'm still here today. And I'm so grateful for every answered prayer that he has done through my journey. Um, I can't remember the date, but I had felt God had also told me, this is never coming back. And I was thinking like, what do you mean? And he goes, you will never have to deal with this again. You will never have to deal with breast cancer again. And I was like, okay. And I just had to trust that he had a way and, you know, that you have to take some big faith steps, Mm -hmm. you know, and I've learned in life, you can't live in negative. You have to be positive and you can't allow those negative thoughts to continue in your mind. And I had to realize I can't keep speaking that into my life. I had to trust that he said it was never coming back and I had to take that as fact. Yeah. So that is now where I'm at in my process of figuring out the remainder of my healing. So God has been guiding me at every step of the way. I love that. You know, you said in um, in that segment right there that, and now I'm having chemo brain. <laughs> Nobody understands this unless you've gone through it. I went through that this morning. It's a Sunday morning as we're recording this. And I was talking to the congregation and I just had a absolute brain blank and people just don't get it that you're having to get your mind sharp but you have double brain it's chemo brain and menopause brain now I know right (laughs) it's oh my goodness but you said in that in in talking just then you said that you told God if I have to go through it you better make it worth my while And you better do something with it. You know, I did the same thing. I said, you know, God, if I have to go through it, you better not waste a bit of this. Don't waste a bit of the pain. Don't waste a bit of the chaos, a bit of the fear, a bit of the hurt. Because if you're going to have me go through it, it better be used. Every ounce of it better be used. Every single tear, every single pain, every single everything, right? And I think that um, that's crazy for some people to understand because they don't understand that kind of faith. They don't get it. Um, when they hear somebody say that they're like, how could you, how could your brain even go there? Like my brain was just 
on the cancer part. It was just on, oh my gosh, how am I going to survive this? How am I going to get through this? How did you shift your thoughts to, okay, God, if I have to do it, then you better use all of it. Um, For me, and then I want you to kind of share a little bit for you on how you shifted your thoughts to that. But for me, I think it boiled down to, I believe the word over my reality. And um, that's always been the way that I've approached life. I I was very fortunate. Um, Not a lot of people are as fortunate to be raised in a family that is full of faith and has lived it out in front of you in the midst of dark times. And I watched my family walk through some really hard things and show me the walk of faith. So I feel like I had that example, but I just had such a firm foundation in who Jesus is and that his word is always true. No matter what my reality says, no matter what I feel, no matter what the diagnosis is saying, no matter what the doctor is trying to tell me, my word, the word of God is more profound to me than the thing that I'm looking at in the face. And Absolutely. I don't think you get to that place, though, unless you're spending time with him every day, you know? And so if you're struggling, if you're listening to this or watching this and you're like, man, I don't even know how to get to that place. I just want to encourage you with starting where you're at right now, starting now and getting in the word now, creating routine now, getting to know him and creating a foundation of faith so that when you go through things like this, you have the strength to shift your mind when something as crazy as cancer is looking you in the face at 31 years old, right? Um, Share, share with us how you kind of shifted your mind from, oh my gosh, this is what I'm going through, but God, you better use it all. So I'm about ready to start shouting with you. You're preaching over here and <laughs> you and I about to start having our own little service. But, you know, I have told my mom, I think she's probably one of the people I've talked most intimately besides you and my husband about my situation and I said I don't understand how people go through cancer or any different type of life or trial without God because if I didn't have him through my journey I would have gone insane Hmm. and people I don't think understand that but I truly feel like if I didn't have Jesus Christ as my sidekick or me as his co-pilot, him as my pilot, I think I would have lost my mind. I don't think I would be where I am today. Same. And so for me, it's a little more simple because I have grown up in a very strong Christian household. My parents, I have to admit, I think I have the best parents in the entire world. So (laughs) y'all should be a little jealous. I just, they raised me in confidence. They raised me to be unashamed in Christ. And I think I just took a hold of that and mm-hmm. chose to step in faith because it came down to the point where if God had already set the plans out of what was happening that I didn't even know was, I wasn't even aware that I had cancer. I didn't even know that I was going to have cancer. I didn't even know that. 
I was going to need a port, chemo and everything. And it was like God had just laid a path out. Mm-hmm. He had told me to wait. I was diagnosed with breast cancer. I went through the process. He moved and worked through me throughout everything. And it was just, I just trusted it because he's never failed me. That's right. And he will never fail me. Um, I know this is a side note, but I think you uh, know this. A little over six years ago, I was almost killed in a um, a, a car accident with mm-hmm. a, a truck, like a semi-truck. Mm-hmm. And I remember feeling like, oh my goodness, I would put it through this way. Had I not been listening to the voice of God, I would not be here today. That's right. Because I remember seeing that truck coming at me and thinking, he's not slowing down. Why is he not slowing down? But he's going to slow down. I'm watching it. And God said, it's time for you to move. By the time I moved, within 10 seconds, the car in front of me was inside of his grill and he was dead on scene. Mm. And you talk about survivor guilt. You talk about being humbled in the moment. And then fast forward five years later, and I'm diagnosed with breast cancer. And I said, I said, God, I said, why is the devil? Why does he keep trying to take me out? And I had to realize the devil wasn't trying to take me out. He was trying to get me to walk away from my faith because he knew he couldn't take me out five years ago. So he thought if I could pull her from her faith, let's see who's going to follow her. Mm. And I had to realize that he had to go before the Lord to even have permission to touch me. Mm. And when I was diagnosed, I had to recall those people that were watching my life and watching my walk. And I didn't do it for them. But I also wanted to know they could still serve God even when things are not going their way. Yeah. And that was powerful for me. Um, One of my struggles is surrender. Um, I'm a very stubborn person. I have blonde hair right now because I wanted to, you know, go blonde. But I'm a natural redhead. I'm a spitfire. (laughs) And I am very stubborn. And surrender is my biggest struggle. And so I've learned through this process that God had to break me to remake me. Mm, That's good. He had to take me to a place that only him and I could go that he had to literally break me so that my surrender and my reliance would be on nothing but him. Mm. And now he's teaching me. Now I have you where I want you. So now I can really make you to where I want you to be. Yes. I'm over here like, all right, I'm along for this, but, and I, you know, people are like, how do you have that kind of faith? And I'm like, it's scary. It is very scary when you don't know the outcome. No, I don't know the outcome. I, tomorrow's not promised, period. But I just trust that God has a reason and God has a purpose. And I'm just going to keep walking this step because he's with me and he talks to me and he's close to me. And I think one thing I would like to say, you know, how I decided to be you know, strong in my faith and walking through this, you have to know the voice of God. Yes. Because one of my favorite worship songs is Raise a Hallelujah. And the other favorite song is Surrounded. And it says, 
it looks like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Mm -hmm. And that just hits home because our world is so full of chaos and our world is so noisy that that's how the devil distracts us from hearing the voice of God. Mm -hmm. And you have to be willing to go beyond that distraction to know the voice of God. Yeah. And that's how I continued to stay where I was at because I continued to listen and I continued to make sure I was hearing him. Yes. That's such a good way to end this podcast out. You have to know the voice of God for yourself. You have to make sure you listen and you have to make sure you surrender, no matter what it looks like, whether it's cancer, whether it's abuse, whether it's lack, whether it is divorce, whether it's depression, suicidal thoughts, you have to learn to surrender, to listen, to obey, and to rest. And so I just want to encourage you to take time to rest in his voice. Take time to surrender. Give up your right to be right. Give up your right to do things the way maybe you want to do it and allow God to do it the way that he knows is best for you. And I hope that you enjoyed this podcast. Summer, thank you for coming on here with me. I so enjoyed it. Oh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm like, this is my day of fame. Yes. <laughs> It's so much fun. Hey, for everybody out there, Summer is um, fixing to enter into a new season of her journey, a season that's going to bring forth healing. And I've talked a lot about Utopia on my page and channel, and she's actually wanting to head that way to get some healing yeah. herself. So we are linking her GoFundMe and her um, social media to my description box below. Go check it out. You can give on GoFundMe. You can give on her Zelle, which is on her page over there. And connect with her. Send her a message. Let her know um, how her words have touched your life today. And um, we want to end this out the way that we've always ended it out here. We're going to raise a glass to the destiny in our life, even when there's dirt, because that's where you find truth. That's where you find goodness. That's where you find peace and rest. There is destiny written in your dirt, and I will see you next time.